This podcast is sponsored by ebookit.com, self-publishing solutions for the independent author and small press. Visit us today at ebookit.com. Welcome to the Toastmasters podcast, the official podcast of Toastmasters International. Hello, everybody. This is Greg Gazin. And I'm Ryan Levesque. Ryan, we all know it's tradition here at the Toastmasters podcast to have the pleasure of interviewing the newest world champion of public speaking. And this year is no exception. Ryan, who are we speaking with today? Today, we have the pleasure to speak with Jocelyn Tyson. Professionally, Jocelyn works as a vaccine health and science specialist for a major pharmaceutical company. A Toastmaster since 2021 and a member of Voorhees Toastmasters Club, Jocelyn competed in the International Speech Contest for the very first time this year. She began with an initial goal to make it to the district level of the contest. She went all the way to the semifinals and then to the final stage where she emerged victorious out of seven other contestants. Jocelyn is featured in the November 2023 issue of the Toastmaster magazine. The article is called Meet the Winners of the 2023 World Championship of Public Speaking. Three Women Secure Their Place in Toastmasters History. Joining us from Baltimore, Maryland, World Champion of Public Speaking, Jocelyn Tyson. Welcome to the Toastmasters podcast. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen, for that fabulous welcome and intro. This is really great to be on the podcast today. So thank you. Well, first of all, congratulations and a first timer to the speech competitions. That is incredible. You're so busy. Your public relations manager, I understand, is scheduling all, all your interviews. Now that the dust is sort of settled, how does it feel? It's still so surreal. As you mentioned, it was my first contest and I still can't, I can't, I feel like I had to pinch myself sometimes to keep saying, come on, you're here. This is it. This is you. It's you. Yeah, you got it. They can't take it away. But now, of course, you can no longer compete. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky for us. <laughs> Man. Wow. I mentioned that your goal was to get to the district level. Well, obviously you won at the district level. Were you surprised? Yes. Yes, I was. I actually, uh, I knew I did well. I walked away feeling confident that I had done well and did the best that I could. So I felt good about my performance in my speech. But there were some good people that I was up against and with good speeches to the point where I just said, well, we'll see how it, how it rolls. Because I, at this point, I know I'm, I'm dealing with some elite people. So I was surprised, though, but yeah. I'm grateful, though, at the same time. Like, wow, I did it. Yeah, for sure. Well, Greg mentioned the dust settling. Well, our listeners will find it interesting to know that you started a new job just two and a half weeks before the finals, which included moving a few hundred miles from New Jersey to Maryland. How did that impact the whole process for you? Oh, my goodness. It, it took everything and it shook it up a bit. That's how I, <laughs> it just took what you were already nervous and you were already kind of trying to figure out how can I finesse and work my speech. But then let's add on the other elements. Let's like, figure out where are you going to live and how I had to go back and forth from Jersey to Maryland to look at places and find apartments and trying to also navigate the space of the onboarding process and making sure that I'm available for trainings. And, of course, trying to practice this speech. It's it, it just. It just elevated the intensity just uh, up a couple steps here. Now, there was a reference somewhere, and Ryan and I were just trying to remember where, that you referred to, I'm not sure whether this it was the process or your speech as a labor of love. Maybe you can yeah. just let us know where yeah. that fit in and what does it mean to you? 
to me, it was, I refer to definitely the speech because as mentioned, when I was back and forth to Maryland and New Jersey, I would try to log into some of these meetings with some of these fellow, you know, fellow clubs and the clubs that I reached out to. And these were people that had met, of course, during the district and talking to them and some of the people that I was up against in particular, like, I know that they had said, Sure, I'll, I'll listen to your speech, and I, you know, thank you for the win. But you, would you mind me taking this speech to you as I'm getting ready? Could I practice with you? And so I, I put it out there to fellow Toastmasters, to fellow clubs in my area, wherever they were willing to. Some of the ones I had connections with, and gave me a chance to do my speech. And they came back with feedback. Well, we should do this, try that, or change this. Your tone was here, and and I got to kind of tweak it and work collectively with it. And so I feel as though it was a, a compilation of everybody that was somehow involved in their own way or not. And even if it wasn't that I took their advice, I listened to maybe what they said and whether or not I used it, it's just wind up being something where I feel like we labored together for it in a way. It takes a village to win a speech contest. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for me it did. Yeah. I'm just a curious Jocelyn, quite often we get feedback and sometimes we're not sure whether we want to incorporated or not incorporated, doing this for the first time. Did you struggle a little with that? I did. I was willing to take feedback because it was the first time. I think because it was, I, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know how to kind of build it. I knew that I wanted it to touch almost everybody. So I was willing to hear from people saying, okay, incorporate that. One snippet was, you know, for the speech, I was a triathlon. When I gave the speech initially, I didn't break down what a triathlon was. Until I went and took it to a Toastmasters group and they said, look, uh, maybe not everyone knows what the triathlon is. Be sure to incorporate that. And I said, oh, you're sure. We'll put that in there. Swim, bike, run. And it was just a matter of a couple of sentences, but it allowed for more people to go, okay, if I don't know what a triathlon is, I knew what swimming is. I know what biking could be. And of course we know running. So it allowed for at least those loose ends to get tied up that I may not have looked into had it not been for reaching out to almost as many people as I could in that little short time frame. The challenge of taking on this triathlon is, mm. is right at the heart of your speech. <laughs> and if I have this right, mm -hmm. you shared that you hated running, you hadn't done much bike riding, and you didn't even know how to swim when yeah. you chose to take on a triathlon. Yeah. Given all of that, what made you want to take this challenge on for yourself? I was hitting a milestone birthday. I am massively athletic, I think by some definition. And I wanted to do something. It was midst of the pandemic. You can't go out, really. You can't have parties. You, couldn't, you really weren't doing all that. And I wanted something as a marker that would give me that feeling that I accomplished something great. And it truly was a bucket list item. And so I decided, you know what? Let's do it. Let's get this swim thing under control. You can do this. Just go ahead, go for it. I am starting to take lessons. And I did. I had actually started to take a few lessons before I had signed up. And I said, why don't you push yourself? Sign up for a triathlon. This way it's do or die. Make it worth it. You know, sometimes you need that final test to leave something to strive for you, mm. that you can use, I guess, a goalpost. So you can say, okay, I have to get at least this good. So I want to get at least some type of good for my birthday, which I knew was coming up. And so I, that's why it was a, it wanted to be something that I could really sink my teeth into and mark it as a win and, and just an accomplishment. So it truly was. You mentioned that you made some changes based on some feedback. And, and sometimes we'll hear from world champions that based on feedback, they get the speech that they end with 
it looks almost nothing like the first speech that they started with. Can you tell us a little bit about the evolution of your winning speech and what did it look like earlier on? Did you make real significant changes to it? I do believe I did. I started to realize what could what could resonate better. But yes, so I, I think it did change the ending change because that's what I couldn't figure out. And I did have a title. I didn't have a title for the longest. And it took me a while to, like, to pull it together. And I was asking people, what are your thoughts? What should I do for a title? And at the time, I didn't have Have You Been There in there. And Have You Been There had, had added towards the end. And that's when I incorporated in each kind of moment during the race where it was this moment where you're making a decision. Because all those things happen. But at those moments, that's when I said, I need to make something resonate at this moment. Have you been there? And when I got advice that was different, have you been there? And when you had to decide and quit something or now you're going to keep going because you got too far in, have you been there? So I, I just, that started to be some of those things that I started to, that wasn't in the beginning at all. And that wasn't there. And in the end, as mentioned, trying to pine and pull it all together because I had learned so much from that race. I think I had like three things I wanted to end with, but I said, no, it's too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's too much. I know, I know you learned or not, but you got seven minutes. It's uh, it's now it's down to one. People can can sink their teeth into one. Yeah, I know. Sometimes it's hard. The lines or the words that you think are pure gold, they end up just having to get melted away. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately. Oh man, yeah, you're thinking this is great. I can't take this out. No, you you, you got to take it. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. it, it's funny that you responded by talking about the title because it's almost as if you're looking at my notes and that I have in front of me. Because my question was going to be, or start, would start with. I really enjoyed your semifinal speech. Do you want to play again? And the one thing that I noticed is that the speech title, like your winning speech, both of them were also in the form of a question. And I was just wondering whether or not that is your style, you, you know, creating speeches that always start with a question. And I was just also wondering, and I guess you sort of touched upon it, but maybe tell us a little bit about what your process is for developing speech titles. I feel the speech will come within within it. I, I think that's kind of how I how I started with it. I got my speech first, and then I said, "Well, what's the sum? What does it sum up? What do, what is this little snippet into? What would someone want to now listen to? If I had a list of speeches that I had to to want to listen to, which one would I pluck and go? Hmm, I wonder what that one's a little bit about. So I that's I guess maybe why I came up with it. And I didn't even realize until you mentioned it that it was two questions. I'm like, oh. It is a question. <laughs> yeah, it was. And I think for me, yeah, I wanted some, I like a, I wonder what that's about, that response from someone. If you just saw my title and you said, have you been there? Or do you want to play again? You're like, what to play what? What are you talking about? <laughs> I want to play, maybe. Let me see what that one's about. <laughs> you give too much away in your title. No, you know, I just, you want it to intrigue. You want it to, to be interesting. And I guess that's where, that's where it came from. <laughs> oh, that is interesting. I want to stay on the semifinal speech just for a moment. If I remember correctly, you lovingly referred to your father as or your dad as a sore winner. Absolutely. And you also <laughs> said you always lose, but you want to play again. Yeah. Yes. Now, in your final speech, your inner go-getter needed to first overcome your inner critic. So it seems that there's a theme of overcoming adversity, and that seems to be part of who you are. But what I found interesting is how it played out differently to accomplish a similar goal. So in the first case, you were dreading and dragging, and then eventually you persevered. But yet, 
in the semifinal speech, you were immediately wanted to play again. And I'm just curious, is that something that was thought consciously? No. <laughs> You're giving me all kinds of insights into myself that I never even thought about. You're welcome. <laughs> I've been through a little bit, haven't I? No, so, uh, no, I actually didn't even... Um, I haven't even realized, but I think that's part of my journey. And I think maybe that's why it's so easy to pull it from a story and unconsciously do so. I think it was because, yeah, it's like, oh, okay. Because yeah. I, I sort of noticed that. I, I noticed the parallel. At first, I thought it was a contrast, but it is sort of a parallel because in both cases, you, you get up again and you and you move forward. In the first case, you fall down, you get up and you go right away. In your final speech is you fall down and you're not sure if you want to get up, but then you finally do. <laughs> yeah, it's not Manor Crick saying, stay down. Why are you getting back up? And this, you know, you can call it. It's it's all right. Walk away with your pride. Now, don't do this. <laughs> no, but uh, no, yeah, absolutely. I think that because I think it speaks on to as you get older, I think what's made it more difficult is that you're overcoming now all the things of why and all the times you've been telling yourself you shouldn't have been doing this and this is not what you do. Whereas the games were fun and that was something that you got up and you just realized it wasn't so much the loss. You were having fun in the moment. I think, of course, now this race was different. I wasn't having fun in the moment. There was nothing <laughs> fun about this. It was only as in, who are you doing this for? Because <laughs> you're doing this for you. There's a half of you that says, we don't have to do this. Uh, so, yeah, so I, it's just interesting. But it's funny that you mentioned that. In both cases, your message came through loud and clear. <laughs> That's what you want. That's the key to a good speech. Is that your message is clear. See, I think part of your charm, if I can say it that way, Jocelyn, <laughs> is that, um, you know, as a, as a first timer, you didn't have all of this. I don't know, uh, sort of preconceived notions or baggage. I, I was going to say in some cases baggage, <laughs> yeah. um, but something else that was unique about your journey quite often when people get to the final stages, at least of the competition, if not sooner, they end up working with a professional coach to help them really prepare and optimize that speech. You chose a different path. Can you tell us about that? I wanted just to see what if this is my first time. Okay, what if, I mean, this, let's, just, let's talk about it. What if I actually did well, you know, without any help? When, why don't I just give it a try? And that's all I wanted to do was just try on my own first. Let me fall on my own first. Let me get out here, see what it looks like, get a, get a lay of the land. And, and then once I fall, let me pick myself up, learn from that fall, and then take that experience, information, or what do I need tweaking? What do I need help with? What would I say I needed to grow more when I saw who the competition was and how they performed and how they were able to display their message? What did I, where am I, where's the gap for me? And I wanted to take that bit of knowledge where I think that that would have resonated more for me and then, then take it to someone. Because I know that we all have our way of delivering and everybody has their own style, format, how they build a speech. And I didn't know if mine was was bad or good. I, I wanted to just first, let's figure it out. And it was. It was just like, that. what, what if I made it on my own? Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what wound up happening. I didn't even think that that was going to happen. I had not prepared nor planned it. It was just a thought, but it, it turned out pretty great. It did. 
But then, Jocelyn, there was this moment, and I, I wouldn't have known about this if I hadn't read the article in the November 2023 issue of the Toastmaster magazine that you were interviewed for. But there was this moment before you were about to go on stage where you thought, oh, no, I, this is in my own words, but what have I done? <laughs> Can you tell us about that experience? Oh, man, yeah. I was back there having a moment. Like, it was a full-fledged, I don't know if you saw it, a panic attack or where I would have tried it, but it was a moment where all of it was coming down. I, I just got finished hearing Anastasia, who was who was first. And to come on first is always a tough, tough position. But she came out blazing. She It just seemed like she flowed confidently, poised. She was... I felt like she was part of an advanced Toastmaster club and she just showed that she was, she knew how she wanted to deliver and did it flawlessly. Then Miriam steps up there and man, she had a grace and a flair all unique to her own. And she's told a story that was so heartfelt. And I think in the midst of her story, it's when I said, I don't know if I need to, how am I here? How am I here? How did I get here? I wasn't supposed to be here. This is supposed to just make me to district. This is it's happening. And then I could feel it. I could feel my heart racing and my, everything was getting nervous and I could see it all pacing and it was all coming up to this moment. And then it was, and I could see that one of the people in the back, I didn't stay, I want to say, I'm not sure. She reached over, she looked at me and she just held my hand and she could see. And she just said, breathe. Okay. Breathe. And I knew, I was like, okay, okay. 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 And I remember telling myself, you, you're here. You got here. Come on, girl. Whatever it is, get out there and, and you're going to do it. You're going to be okay. Let's go. All right. Let's go. But yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember that. Oh, so much. Oh, wow. <laughs> My thoughts of going it out on your own this is like going out with a little bit of a safety net because you're thinking it's like climbing a mountain and you're getting just almost up to the summit and you just slide right back down again. <laughs> I mean, you, you now have to go back again through club, area, was it club, area, division, district, semifinals, and then the finals. Yeah. Wow. But you did it. I did. <laughs> you I did. Dared, dared greatly and it paid off. Yeah. yeah. And you had a lot of help along the way. Yeah. I did. I did some really great people that I can't got to meet, get to juice. Of course, my mentor was there for me. Yeah. But, can you tell us about your mentor? I would yeah. love to know about it. My mentor is Rhonda Young, the Rhonda Young of District 38. And she's she's fabulous. I thought I remember when I went to my club the first time and they said we could have a mentor. And I remember thinking, oh, she's so poised. I want I want her to be my mentor. And I liked her as a mentor because the way she helped me, it was more so listening to what what speaks to me. And it wasn't like she she pushed me in the sense of this is what you need to do. That's what you need to do. It was almost as if like you need to listen to yourself. You need to know what resonates with you. I want you to make, you know, whatever edits and cuts you make, it needs to be something that you, you know, you feel is appropriate. She would give me her opinion, rightfully so, but it was allowed for me to now say, okay, you you have what it takes. And it was almost like she was like a cheerleader in that regard. It wasn't so much that she she worked and we worked our speeches. It was, she allowed me to, to write my speech. And every time I would say, okay, I think I'm ready. I want to bring this one to you. 
and she would be willing there and listen and hear me out. I changed it one time, the ending completely. And she, I remember she, or in the, even the beginning, I think I took it to a group of non-Toastmasters and they weren't keen on it. They changed up some things and, and then I completely almost changed it. And then when I brought it to my mentor, she said, what are you doing? <laughs> what is this? Where's the first one? Uh-uh, I think, you, I think you need to go back to the first one. If you want to tweak it, tweak it again. But don't, don't take it. Don't take it all around. And I remember thinking, okay, you might be right. Okay, you're right. And I trusted her to know that that wasn't the right, right direction. Let me go back and let me, let me tweak it the way I need to. So, yeah, I trust her. And she's been great in this whole process. Yeah, mentors are wonderful in Toastmasters. I mean, they're they're there for you, and then they create a significant impact on your on your lives. And then, of course, as time passes and you gain that experience, then you give it back. Absolutely. I mean, pay it forward. I do think that most people in Toastmasters, I think it would be beneficial to get a mentor. I know we like to think that we know we know best, but I think it's best to have that little just another voice, another opinion, and then honestly, reach out to your mentor. And tell them what you need from them. Because sometimes they may not know that you're thinking one thing or another thing. And I always say your mentor is able to hear your speech. And you have still an evaluator. Also have your mentor give some feedback. You have expressed to them how you want to grow, how you want to have some tweaking. I want to work on my vocal variety. True, your evaluators will do so, especially if it's in that part of your pathway. But always have a little bit of help from your mentor in helping to guide you and to help mold and build and work on I think that's, I think it's a must. Absolutely. And before you get a mentor, you first have to make sure that you're a Toastmaster. So on that note, I'm curious, Jocelyn, how did you start out? What brought you into Toastmasters? I was always intrigued about public speaking. And as a pharmacist, I am, uh, of course, pharmacist is my career path and by trade. Uh, and I, I had those opportunities to, to speak to people, but not as often to speak in large crowds. And I wanted to have a, a moment and I was thinking, you know what, I would love to start to speak in these, these have a venue to, to speak to people with. And so I figured that Toastmasters sounds like that safe space. And I, and I remember telling people, I, I toured other clubs trying to find that right one. And I stumbled across Voorhees Toastmasters because it was perfect on my way home from work. And from that point on, I liked the, the setting. I liked the diversity of the club. I liked how it was all different levels. And I just liked the, the feeling and the warmthness that the club offered. So that's, and I said, up, oh, this is it. I'm going to lock into this group and this Toastmasters thing is I'm going to see how it goes. That's beautiful. You're now on an incredible journey. And quite often we, we love to ask because it's usually a whirlwind for the world champ. Just after the convention happens and they get the crown and the trophy, it just, <laughs> it can go in so many different directions. And we often ask what's next for the world champ. But I know that when Mark Brown, world champion of 1995, asked you that question, I think post competition, you answered grow. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, I'm only two years into Toastmasters. I, I'm there's I'm still completing my first pathway. I want to become a DTM. I want to still grow in this space. I want to still learn how to write great speeches. I don't think it was a fluke. <laughs> I do believe that it did take some time and some talent. However, I do want to make sure that I can finesse this and grow this this space of public speaking. To really like hone in on the skill set that I may na naturally have. So it seems like I think I actually have it. <laughs> but still to work and develop it and then be able to 
take it and then help others, teach others, whatever I can do. So I, I, I want to grow with it. There's something else that's uh, unique to this year of the competition. This is only the second time mm-hmm. in Toastmasters International history where the three winners of the World Championship of Public Speaking were all women. Mm-hmm. How important is that to you? Or what does that mean or represent to you? I think it means to me it's empowering in itself. It lets us know that, ladies, we have a seat at the table and we're not going anywhere. And in that if anyone has inhibited you or told you you couldn't do something because you don't look a certain way or you fit a certain part, that's that's not true. We can still do. And I think it's shown that the, the talent was selected and that it was women. And we could sit here at this and this year we can show that women have a spot. First, second and third. Beautiful. I remember watching the video of you competing. I think it was the part where you were talking about (laughs) standing at the edge of the lake and facing the prospect of diving into this dark, cloudy, (laughs) murky water. Um, And as you were sharing on the stage, I noticed your physicality and your energy just got really, really amped up. And I wondered in that moment if you might also be like diverting some of the nervous energy that you were feeling as a competitor and using that to sort of fuel your uh, performance on stage. Was that something you were conscious of or that you were doing, or is that just my imagination? No, and I think that that's pretty good. I mean, that would be great if I was constantly, I don't think I constantly thought about it. That'd be great, a way to just kind of diffuse that. But I think it helped me to say, get into the story. And I remember thinking, be there. Remember that day. Because this story was not made up. This, oh, no, 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 no. I wish it was. But it was, it was, <laughs> it was truly, I was there. I was on the bank of that lake. I can still see the music and hear the music playing in the background, all the people standing up, the whole thing lined up. And I remember thinking, like, get into this story. Show, tell, show them, you know, and then just, just be in the moment and kind of show them the story. Tell them the story. Let them be there with you. And and I and that's where I allowed myself, and that's how I typically tell stories. Because actually, when I came back from that triathlon, I came home, and at the time, my again, my lungs were on fire. They were on fire for like weeks, <laughs> <laughs> and we got this frog voice now. And I'm coming home, and I remember going to my mom's and telling her about it. She said, "How did it go?" I said, "How did it go?" Well, I'm lucky to be alive. <laughs> what happened? And so as I'm telling her the story, she's cracking up. Tears are coming down and she's laughing at my pain. But at the same time, too, it's like I remember just fully giving her all the story. And of course, I had more colorful language. I had a little bit more things that went on. But I remember saying to myself, this is a story. You got to tell it kind of how you told your mom, because you were fully there and wanting her to be there and wanting everybody to be there in that moment. And and so it's, that's what I wanted to convey at that time. So I, I, and that's when I started to tell myself, relax, you're telling your story. I think there's such a key there in what you just said to tell it the way you told your mom, mm-hmm. to be able to be that level of expressive mm-hmm. on stage when we think, oh, we have to like be the speaker and be the certain way. I love that that was the cue you gave yourself. Yeah. This is definitely Toastmasters Olympic gold. And folks, if you've enjoyed this episode as much as we have and you found it 
gold. You can find the Toastmasters podcast at toastmasterspodcast.com, toastmasters.org, Google, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Ryan. So Jocelyn, before we let you go, I'd love to ask, how do you think that you will end up using this title, this elevated status in the Toastmasters community to give back? And on the backside of that, I know that there are going to be Toastmasters around the world, districts wanting to bring you in to speak. What's the best way for them to get in touch to make that happen? Absolutely. For me, I think this space is, I'm going to use this as best I can. Again, as mentioned, to grow and to get the experiences, to try and see new things and see new people and have that experience with just with different clubs, different districts. And I think that's going to be really great. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the connections and the people reaching out and having the moments to to speak and having to speak in, in, in front of people again and, and just helpfully sending a positive message. One of, in this case, like like my triathlon, which is overcoming those those inner critics and you know pushing for that inner go getter, or the ones that I did in my semifinal, which is play again, and that you'll have moments of failure, but you can keep at it, and just in, help to inspire as it, as I as I go along in this place. So I, I'm excited for that, and hopefully I can try to continue to use that and develop and get better and have more speeches because I got a couple in here in my little long box of speeches that I'm ready to kind of give and to deliver more. So I'm excited for that. In terms of connecting to me, I would say you can always reach down on me on LinkedIn, which is Jocelyn B. Tyson. And then we'll see PharmD, which I have my doctorate in pharmacy. You will see that in there. Of course, my photo. And then also to my PR rep. And that's going to be at PR at TM, T is in Tom, M is in Mary, district38.org. Perfect. And just a reminder, if you haven't already, be sure to check out the article in the November 2023 issue of the Toastmaster magazine featuring Jocelyn. It's called, once again, Meet the Winners of the 2023 World Championship of Public Speaking. Jocelyn Tyson, 2023 World Champion of Public Speaking. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us today. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. I'm an absolute player. Enjoy the journey. Ever imagined a book written just for you? Introducing Books.ai. We're not just another bookstore. We're the future of reading. Our state-of-the-art AI adapts each book to your specific needs, creating a personalized masterpiece. Visit Pooks.ai now, that's P-O-O-K-S dot A-I, and use the promotion code SPOTIFY for a whopping 50% off. Pooks.ai, your personalized book awaits.